This is Bentley Manning. And this is Kellen Day. This is an experiment to see what happens when church gets canceled. And we find new ways to connect. This is... This is... This is... Empty Pews. Kellen, I feel like I've introduced us the past couple of weeks, so how about you take it away? Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Empty Pews. Uh, This is Kellen coming to you from Highlands, North Carolina, which is um, on the verge of bursting into spring. And this is Bentley. I'm here, too, taking in all of the spring weather. The little leaves um, on the trees are just starting to form. There are mostly buds still up here, but if you like drive 10 minutes down the mountain, there are leaves everywhere. So it's creeping up to where we are finally, and I'm thrilled about that. Um, I am too, Kellen. Uh, something else that I was thinking of things changing, moving, I've been looking at a handful of articles about why we want to go back to church. So I've been reading these articles about why go back to church. And then that uh, kind of caused you to pass something along to me. Yes. So there's been this document going around. Document is the right word. (laughs) And it's called Hybrid Church, A Way Forward for Church Leaders. And it's by um, an Episcopal priest who serves in the Diocese of Massachusetts. All right. So... Uh, this idea that that a way forward is thinking about a hybrid church that kind of blends together, maybe, I think, like the best of technology, all that we've learned during this pandemic with traditional forms of gathering. Yeah, I think that's right. I think it's kind of like trying to honor both the virtual communities that have formed during the pandemic while maintaining a physical community. Now, one thing I want to say, Kellen, as we kind of talk about this, is that he starts off the article by talking about the distinction between resuscitation and resurrection, Mm -hmm. right? And it's one that is always, I mean, something that comes up when you think about the raising of Lazarus. Lazarus will later die, so he was resuscitated, not resurrected. And the distinction uh, the author of this document makes is that resuscitation is kind of just kind of keeping alive something that will eventually die and Mm -hmm. resurrection is a complete transformation um, where new life kind of bursts forth maybe like the spring weather that we see outside yeah and resurrection requires the, the death of an old form exactly so so i think on the on the on the you all have not read this document i don't suspect but one thing is clear to me just by that distinction, I think, is that he's not talking about taking the tools that we've learned, the tools that we've kind of used during this pandemic, and kind of incorporating them kind of passively mm-hmm. into our new, you know, into the next <laughs> post-pandemic world. Mm -hmm. right? Or just kind of taking what's available to us like we always do. Mm -hmm. He's talking about a total shift in how we do things. And I don't think that should be understated. I mean, I think it's a complete, it's a complete, as he says, uh, resurrection. It's a, it's a, it's a new way. It's hybrid church. It's hybrid church. Okay. Okay. So Kellen, the, the first thing I'd say is when you gave me this article, Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, I'm looking forward to reading it. You kind of already probably knew what I was thinking. And I said to you, 
you know, what do you think? And do you remember what you said? I don't remember. What did I say? You said, yeah, I'm not doing all that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's a sense when you read it from the perspective of a priest, like how in the world could we manage all of this simultaneously um, incorporating virtual members and, you know, in-person members. And it's just, it's, just feels like a lot which is not to say that there are things in this document that I don't agree with of course there are I actually think you know he asked like what forms of ministry have come alive during the pandemic and we're literally doing one right now the the podcast and we'll keep this up yeah and I do think you know I don't think you could call it a virtual community that has formed but certainly we've reached people virtually through this medium and I think that's like something worth keeping I get where you're coming from there, Bentley, but I also think like our world, our culture is one that is maybe less place-based and I'm, I lament that fact because I like to be rooted in a particular location and get to know um, that place and the people there. But I do think churches for a while now have been um, wrestling with this fact that people are much more transient and that online communities do transcend those sort of transient moves, right? Because it's just always in one place. You can log on no matter where you are and um, engage people. I don't know why I'm defending him, but... No, it, I, I think that's exactly right. I think, I mean, the, the, and so the question then is, I think part of the question at hand is, given that reality, uh, what should the church do in the face of a culture that's transient? I And look, I there's no doubt that the church from the very beginning has developed, has found new ways of, quote, being church, which is kind of something folks say a lot nowadays, um, I, you know, there, 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 there's no question that the church evolved, changed, was able to adapt. Fresh expressions. <laughs> that's not going to come out of my mouth. But yeah, there's, there are ways that the church has always, and, and that's why it's been able to survive, I think. I mean, if it was too rigid, it just wouldn't work. Um, it has to listen to the world around it. But I think what's interesting is my impulse, and it will be fun to listen to this in 90 years <laughs> when I'm sitting, you know, in my chair somewhere. I might not. Uh, You'd be 120. I could make six, it. To 120. Seven, I whatever. Know. I mean, who knows what will happen with technology? Speaking of things <laughs> changing. So whatever. You get my point. In, let's say, 50 years. Does that work? Yeah. Okay. I would say now more than ever would be a time to double down on this idea that the church, the the particular physical parish, you know, family is exactly what we miss and long for and need in a world that is so fragmented. 
so my impulse is to go the opposite direction than um, the author not i'm with, author, i'm with you the author now of course <laughs> like look i don't mean to say that we won't use technology i suspect kellen that we'll be doing this podcast for a while find ways. we'll be streaming our services for yeah. a long time we already did stream our services pre-pandemic right we were ahead of the game we were streaming <laughs> things beforehand but and i want to be really clear about this if uh, this is at the at the risk of offending anyone uh, whatever if the full if 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 your engagement with the christian faith is only online I would say, and I'd be pretty certain about this, that you're missing the fullness of the gift that's offered through the church. And while it might be a helpful kind of first step towards a Christian community, it might be a nice interim step in the middle of a move. A seed planted. A seed planted, all of that for sure. Or or kind of a supplement adding to, it's not the fullness. It's not. And any way forward that seems to suggest that there will be, quote, members of the church that are engaging solely online, I think is not a picture of resurrection, as the author seems to suggest. It's actually falling back into something that is not new full life in Christ. Standing on the edge of fate, shovel glass shows a face that's tired. Driving on the dusty road, feeling every dream is expired. I retrace every step I take, my God, I miss the signs of life. We had it all, but then we lost it The outer trappings had a false sense Of all the things we thought we wanted So I am, I'm with you, Bentley. Um, I really am. Like, my heart of hearts is totally behind your vision of a physical, located um, body of Christ in person, in the flesh. Totally. Simultaneously, I have been amazed, heartened, inspired by the way that the church has responded um, over the last 14 months and the way that we, you know, in the same ways that teachers, lots of other people have sort of had to like rally and respond and find new forms and they were not perfect forms, right? Like I still think that our liturgy, the Eucharist, translates horribly online um it is i just think it requires bodies it requires bodies in the room um but i i just want to give a moment to say like well done church for like everything you've done like i remember when the insurrection was happening you know on january 6th and my facebook feed was like just full of people going live saying prayers and i thought you know (laughs) This isn't like what we all would hope to be doing right now, like going Facebook Live. Like we would maybe rather hold a vigil or like invite people into our space. But it was almost this like sign of like the church showing up in a powerful way 
in the online form, you know, the media that we've been using. And I, and I just thought, well done, like that, that was powerful for me. Um, but at the beginning of all of this, (laughs) right, right, sort of, uh, pandemic moment and last March, I remember you saying something, you probably don't remember saying it, (laughs) when we just started doing everything online. And you said, um, something along the lines of like, this is an insult to the incarnation. That was what I said. I think you said something like that. And I, and that has stuck with me because, um, I, I find, uh, you know, online worship, um, online modes of engaging. Um, yeah, just like you said, like not the fullness of what they could be. I mean, think for a moment and I, I mean, we could do this, we could, fill up I, I I'd be ready to fill up five more hours of a podcast talking about this very thing um, I, for all that you just said one back to the well done church for figuring out how to do something during this difficult year I mean I'm enormously heartened looking around at colleagues other priests other leaders in the church that have figured out ways to do this some of which were not born like you, Kellen, in the 90s and are having to do a lot of work <laughs> right. to figure out how to do this. Yeah. Um, I, but, but to the, not the fullness, I mean, if, if online learning for kids' school is a challenge, <laughs> why does the church think that the future is online? Right? I mean, this has been a big struggle for kids. They've had a big gap in their learning by doing it all remote. And if that doesn't work, why, why do we think that it works for the church? Um, I, 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 and I mean, maybe also, I mean, since I've, you know, I wasn't on Facebook before this and I jumped on it in order to stream our morning prayer services with you, Kellen, but think about how Facebook started. This is the future this is a way for us to connect as friends, you know, when we're separated by time and space. And in practice, if you look on it, it's a dumpster fire, right? I mean, people are rude to each other. Yes, some ideas are spread, and that's good. There's, there's, good, there's, there, it's, there's some good stuff there. But the way that people treat each other in that space, the way that people engage in dialogue is awful. Yeah, it's certainly not like a moral forming community. <laughs> no. No. Um, and so I, so I don't know, I, I think actually this idea of like hybrid church as being the new way forward, at least from where I sit, already feels dated. Because we've tried that in other spheres of life. And I don't know about you, but when I think about Facebook as a place where I gather with my friends... That seems so 90s or 2000s or whenever it started, right? It Not does, in the 90s. Whatever. It just, <laughs> it, it, I don't know. I just, this seems, um, like atrophy, not growth.
So we obviously have a lot of feelings about this document, which most of you probably hadn't heard of <laughs> until this very moment. Where did you find this thing, Kellen? Uh, it's just been, you know, there are certain circles of Episcopalians where it's being passed around. Kellen is in all of the circles. That's not true. <laughs> I'm just in one of them. So um, maybe we will talk a little bit more about this in the future as we continue to think about how we get back together, how we are church now after this, you know, pandemic and um, yeah, how to be a body again. So maybe stay tuned. We'll see. So because we've spent so much time talking about this article slash document, we're only going to have a little time to talk about the gospel reading. Maybe we've gotten our priorities mixed up there. But the gospel text for this coming Sunday is John 15, where Jesus says that I am the vine and my father is a vine grower. And he it acts as the pruner, right? So he removes every branch that doesn't have a fruit on it. Um, but the branches that do bear fruit um, can stay and grow and flourish. Um, Jesus, again, reiterates that he is the vine and the disciples are the branches. And there's a lot of language about abiding in me. And it's hard to summarize a metaphor, but that's kind of where we're at for this gospel text. Thank you, Kellen. So, Molly, you're preaching this coming Sunday. I don't know if you're preaching on this gospel text or if you're preaching on the Acts text, which is an awesome story about the eunuch um, getting baptized. But if you were to preach on this text or if you were to say some things about it, what would you say? Uh, Kellen, I don't have a whole lot to say at the moment about all of this, but one thing that just kind of jumps out, and I'm curious what you think about this, is that there's this sense that abiding in Christ will mean uh, that our spiritual life, our, our maybe more broadly just our lives, will be uh, active, growing, changing, developing. And sometimes I think we can get pretty stagnant um, in, our, in our lives, in our faith life. And I think this gospel reading says, no, in fact, uh, a life which abides in Christ will be one that grows, flourishes, changes, like I just mentioned. And I think it is a call to us to really think about uh, how fully alive we are in Christ or not. And if not, uh, let's make some changes so that we can grow uh, and develop more fully. So I'm thinking about this emphasis on change and growth, which I think is a natural extension of this lovely vine metaphor that we have in John. And you sort of said, you know, we need to figure out how we need to change. And I'm wondering if being a part of the vine, that we are the branches, right, means being attentive to sort of how the source, i.e. Jesus, is asking us to change and grow. And that um, we can only change and grow because we are attached, abiding to the, the source, the root, the um, center of life. I think, Kellen, that's absolutely right. And a very helpful corrective or just coloring of what I just said. And I think um, there is, I sense, um, uh, a necessity for us. You know, it's, it's, it's required that we stay connected. And I think that any transformation that happens to us uh, is precisely, I mean, exactly what you just said, uh, contingent on our 
um, staying connected to the vine and it is through God's work that we are transformed. And uh, my prayer is that our hearts are open enough to uh, let the good surgeon do his work. Here's a prayer. God of love, plant us in the soil of your grace. Nurture us with the strength of Christ, the vine of everlasting life. Enlighten us with the wisdom of your spirit, which flows through us today and all days. Abide in us that we may abide in you and live in your love. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Empty Pews for um, hanging in there with us as we talk about a hybrid church and regathering and all that that means for um, us as the body of Christ. There's a little bit of irony that two priests doing a podcast are kind of turning their nose up to. So much irony. But that's okay. I mean, and, you know, to be fair, we're super grateful for everyone who has stuck with us <laughs> in the virtual realm of Facebook and podcasting and live streaming. Um, we simply couldn't have gotten through the year without you. And I think our point is simply this. As wonderful as it is to have you all join us for this podcast, it would be even better uh, to be able to see you in person. To break bread with you. Exactly. And bef- until that day comes... Uh, know that we love you. We miss you. God's peace.